Hello and welcome to the Carpetrage Podcast, episode 270. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinitsky. Hello. Hey, that's me. Welcome back. Hi. Um, so yeah, before we hop into topics, two things. Beer. Looks like you have a Paps Blue Robot. I have my PBR, which is, it's, it's fine. I really prefer hams. I mean, we say this all the time. Like, hams is the best cheap beer. It is. But like, we should really, I'm going to buy Boxer next time. Oh, that will definitely encourage us to drink less beer. Well, no, I'm just trying to think of, like, other cheap beers that aren't, like, atrocious tasting. Boxer's pretty bad. Uh, it's not that bad. But, like... Uh, is it still, I, like, eleven ninety nine for 36 of them? Yeah. Oh, I'll get, like, may, I can get that one maybe at Pig's Eye. That one gives me gut rot, especially the Boxer Light. Oh, Boxer Light? Ugh. Oh. I'll buy, we can expand our world of... Into other shitty beers. I'll just get a six pack of shitty beers for like a dollar. And I, my options right now are some EPA or Coors Light, so I'm not going to have a beer this episode. Yeah, that's fair. I'm going to drink very heavily tonight. So, anyway. Yeah. I'm uh, going to not. I'm going to be at home relaxing, enjoying myself. That'll be a first. It, yeah. I've not had time to do that in a long time. Jan's working tonight, so I'm going to just play video games and clean and have a very calm evening it's gonna be really that sounds great. pretty good yeah i always I, enjoy the evenings at the armory but like being the person who takes point on planning a uh, vip experience at armory and no. paying up front for 12 people gets a bit wearing and like other people are willing to do it but nobody's actually willing to do it See, this is the thing is i just live we live very similar lives with like the amount of spin, like pri- like personal spending money that we have but like the overall revenue that we spend is very different. Like, but we we operate with the same amount of like in day. Like, yeah, our I we, feel like our our sine waves yeah. are different magnitudes, but like we have the same. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the same frequency. So yeah. like we're sitting yeah. here, we're both be like, man, we don't need money, and you're like, yeah, no, I spend on average five grand a week, and I'm like, I spend about one thousand dollars a week. <laughs> My mortgage randomly just went up two hundred bucks a, a month. Oh, uh, tight, cool. Yeah, mine went up fifty. Uh, that was fun. I'm just like I, I'm too lazy to even call in and figure out what the is going on. Oh, uh, St. Paul property taxes. Wow, mine must have gone up a lot. Maybe because yeah, you are in. You were right next to where it had all that, uh, all that uh, road work. Well, upcoming, yeah, because yeah. I've got the Metro Transit Gold Line project, yep, the all new bridge down that, to Lower Town. Yep, that's your that that's your property taxes. Thanks, well, Melvin Carter. You're still better than I mean, Jacob Fry. I'm fine with paying taxes. I, w- I just wish they would tell me ahead of time because that's like a twenty percent difference in my I really, mortgage. I, I really wish that property taxes affected people. Like I, because property taxes are a flat rate across all properties in St. Paul. So people like me that like. Live really? tight, on a tighter shit. Oh, yeah, 5% is 5%. That's what I'm saying. As oh, opposed to like okay. a staged tax where like you have with income tax. I feel like that's how they should do it is like you have a staged property tax. So like, if your house is like over $500,000, you get taxed, you pay more of the tax because obviously you can afford to buy a $500,000 house. Supposed to me, I like, was right. sitting here like, like holding on for dear life on my $300,000 house. <laughs> like I'm fairly well to do, I guess, but like I have a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which is well, probably worth three hundred now. But, but like, th- think about the lady lives across the street from you that has the same priced house oh as you. God, like, imagine how much two hundred dollars. If I had to pay two hundred dollars <coughs> a month more on my mortgage, I would sell my house. I, I would be homeless if I did that. Luckily, I had a hundred dollar additional principal payment like built in when I Thank bought my God, house. Yeah. So I'm just taking that out. And now it's only a hundred dollars more. 
But yeah. I'm like, now I also don't pay off my house as fast. Like, this is kind of bullshit, but whatever. Yeah. No, you, you, We're in a recession. It is what it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Wow. <laughs> Yay, politics. Uh, all right. Patre- a, a dark opening. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash carbitrage. Please, like, please offset. help. <laughs> please help. We need this help so bad. <laughs> yeah, what Ryan said. Thank you. We very badly need it. Anyway, um, let's move on to car- World Cup of Cars. <laughs> yeah, World Cup of Cars part two. Here we go. All right. We're going to open Ooh. up with... Um, Belgium versus Canada. All right, let Belgium me, uh, makes load cars. Up these links. Believe it or not, I don't know. Is it made out of chocolate? Uh, yeah, it looks like it. It's actually a really dope car. It's called a Gelee Vertigo. Oh, I've heard of Gelee before. Yeah, I didn't know they were cool. still. They, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the current status of Gelee is. Oh they, God, but that is what they do is they make a Le Mans car for the road. Okay. Because that car is designed for as a Le Mans car first, and they stuck a leather interior in it. Okay, so it just turns signals and interior, and that's yep. that's that. That's pretty much it. Okay, yeah, very uh, cool. It's terrible to live with, but I'm oh yeah. Okay, it is, it is most definitely a supercar. <clears throat> I see some Fibro Carbone in there. So this is the difference between a supercar and a hypercar. As a hypercar is refined, a supercar is not. Ah. So I like supercars more than hypercars. What gave it away that this wasn't necessarily refined? Exactly. <laughs> is it the uh, Chrysler 90s era leather work yeah. on the interior? I, this is the thing. I prefer <clears throat> a supercar over a hypercar. Because a hypercar, you're just back to like, cool, you've now spent so much money. You're just driving a really ridiculous Mercedes S-Class. Yeah. Whereas you're driving a supercar. You're like, somebody put a V12 into my MR2. Like, cool. <laughs> Uh, cool. Okay. That's a car that's exciting. I want to see more of that. Did like, they upgrade cool. the brakes? No. no. This is terrible. <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> I have to step over a I have to step over a foot and a half wide sill to get into my Countach. It's why, terrible. Why did this happen? Well, the car we based it on didn't need the cooling in the back. Yeah. Like why why are the pedals 6 inches over from where my butt is? Why is my my knee hurt? Well, you, like, you can reach them, can't you? You you, you need to turn the wheel. Like couldn't you, about couldn't knees you put, hurting? Tesla Model S, yeah. worst car for that. Couldn't you put? Couldn't you put the those the like the wheel wells like forward like six inches? No. Like oh uh, okay I guess yeah. So that's all like supercars. Yeah, it's all like super, also supercars are manual. Hypercars are not manual. But there was a little mall car that has a stick. Yeah, it was a '90s Le Mans. Oh, Le Mans car. even better. Yeah. Also, I love that like they had to take out the steering wheel with all the buttons and LEDs on it, but like well. The hub only fits racing wheels. So it's stuck on a... Just an OMP track wheel. Yeah, it's great. <sighs> it's a really great car. It's, I love supercars. How long has this been in production? Uh, production's questionable, but... <laughs> How long have they been thinking about producing they've, something No, that's... they've made them. They <clears throat> just make, like, two. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, they make about as many as, like, Pagani makes. Okay, so homologation rules have changed a little bit, then. Yeah, no, but, I mean, they're, it's like Pagani, where they make, like, a few of them. Okay. But Pagani's a more known quantity. But, like, yeah, Gelee's really cool. The, the, I mean, the brand was very well-known in, like, the 60s. Yeah. And I mean, so, they were, like, Shelby big. Well, no, that was Genetta. Nah, it was both. It was both? Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, they're still around making cool supercar and long car stuff. If you go back but, to, like, Gran Turismo 3, there was a ton of Gelee's in there. Yeah, and so... I have no idea if this is still in production, Belgium. but I know they made a, oh, they God. made them for a while, uh, and then so I just looked at Belgium. The Belgium is <clears throat> going to be going up against Canada, uh, so Belgium made a car that is very purely a supercar, uh-huh. and for Canada, I need to think of the most Canadian vehicle. So I thought of Fargo. You're probably wondering what the hell is Fargo? Isn't That's that a Coen Dodge Brothers? Power Wagon. It, isn't Fargo a Coen <clears throat> Brothers movie? I'm like, it is, yes. but Fargo is also a Dodge brand for Canada. 
Because Fargo Trucks was originally an American truck brand Interesting. that Dodge purchased. Did that company start in North Dakota? No. No? Weirdly enough. Wow. Yeah. Because I wasn't expecting that answer. Fargo is like going far, far the further you go. And it was also named after American City. So it's oh. a perfect name for a vehicle, actually. Um, so Fargo. At least they kept the name Power Wagon. Very comical history oh uh, with Dodge. So anyway, Fargo was their Canadian only truck brand. They started in America as an independent brand, almost immediately got bought out by Dodge. Fargo is its own independent company, it existed like in the 30s for like five years, maybe. Um, and then was purchased by Dodge. So then when Dodge would import things to Canada, they'd have like a Canadian spec of their vehicles. So they had a Fargo Power Wagon. Sure. And so when they had a Canadian spec, they'd do like some things that were like, you'll have like a like a more efficient heater core or something. <laughs> so they'd make, they'd like make them for the Canadian market. We're going to give you foot heat vents in yes. addition to hand heat Exactly. Vents. So I was thinking <clears throat> a Canadian made and produced Dodge Power Wagon. Oh, it was produced in Canada too. Oh, yeah. No, this is like totally Canadian. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So... In Canada, prior to NAFTA, that's actually what killed Fargo. Prior to NAFTA, uh, there had to be Canadian-made and owned brands. Okay. So a lot of like GM brands, like there's like Chevy of Canada, but like Dodge, since they had so many weird defunct brands, they just throw their defunct brand into Canada, so you could keep. Yeah, we don't need a new one. We already got a trademark here. Yeah, and so they would keep it there, so they would they'd retain the trademark. Sure. Kind of like how Willys, like Jeep, quit using Willys, and then Mahindra brought the Willys here, and then now they're in a fight. I do remember that. Which yeah. they should stop fighting because it's adorable. I want the Mahindra, but yeah, um, it's better. They so, kept developing the damn thing. So Dodge was doing that for most of the 20th century with all these weird brands that they owned because they owned like a ton of brands. Like in the 30s, Dodge Brothers and Chrysler Corporation bought a bunch of weird small boutique manufacturers. And just kept them on hand. And sometimes they just make them to a trim level for a car. Um, like Imperial. Like something like that. Um, so Fair. anyway, with Fargo, after Dodge uh, quit making Fargo when NAFTA happened, uh, Fargo themselves had, create, had uh, begun a knockdown kit of their own trucks okay. in Turkey. And That's this was unbeknownst sentence. to Dodge. And so when Dodge quit using Fargo in Canada, they kept making them in Turkey. Somehow Dodge Corporate didn't, like Chrysler Corporate, didn't click with them. And they sent them Turkish Fargo brand to cease and desist. And Turkey was like, no, we, you signed this deal with us. We make these. These are ours. You said we could make these. We have the signed deal right here. As long as we make them, we can continue making them. Is as the same truck. And so Turkey kept making the same box truck called a Fargo under Fargo knockdown kit rules. And they in this, Turkey, in Turkey and Dodge couldn't use it because the trademark had lapsed on their end and Turkey owned it. And the brand had some weird connection back to Canada. So somehow the, the Canadian trademark <laughs> left Dodge and went to the Turkish brand until the Turkish brand went out of business. Oh my God. Incredible. How but, long did they make the Turkish-built like, one? Like they made it until like the mid-2010s. Like it was a long time they made this like 1970s knockdown kit. It was a total like what-the-fuck moment for Dodge. It's a terrible vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
like it's it's hilarious. It wasn't this specific one because they made like a ton of okay. different trucks. Oh, okay. No, it was a, it was like a seventies box truck, okay. a totally generic looking seventies box okay. truck. I thought they, they meant like a forties power wagon. No, they made no, no, no. There was like a seventies era box truck, but they've made them for they made them for so long that Dodge lost the trademark for them. That's so funny. And they, they've they've since I think they have it back now, but it was like a total, I thought that was cheap. Mm-hmm. Although well, they actually, just played they, the waiting game, then they did. And the other company went out of business because they couldn't. They could not further develop the vehicle. They had to make the exact same truck as it was in the seventies. Guessing sales went down a bit. A lot, point. yeah. Okay. Eventually, eventually they just couldn't make them, and they just had to make part part kits for them for a truck that nobody bought anyway. And I tried selling <laughs> that another. Sounds very country. lucrative. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they were stuck with this brand, and like the the company just like held on to it. <laughs> the sinking ship. No. This is ours. Fuck you, Chrysler. And I kind of love that. I really love that. Pizza party. Yeah, exactly. I really love that a lot. So it's just really I mean, incredible. if I had a giant multinational company by the balls and it was costing me that much money, I would probably still do it, too. Yeah, totally. I, I would totally, like, as long as I can stick it to Chrysler, that'd be incredible. Oh, my God. So Fargo made some really, really, really cool trucks. Uh, they made really pretty trucks, too. The second link here is just kind of like Fargo trucks from the Mopar the tractors fandom, which is just like semi truck stuff. Um, and oh my God, this website is interesting. Yeah, but they made like the Dodge Tradesman, the Sportsman van, the Deluxe Utility, like a oh lot of God. like actual Dodge products they made as Fargos. They made a Ute in Australia via Canada. They had a Fargo Deluxe Utility, which was a Dodge Ute, which was incredible. I almost made that the. Uh, poster car of Fargo, but I'm like, I felt weird having the Canadian vehicle be a Australian model made in Canada. That is really cool um, looking. It's very rad. Um, but let's see. Yes, yeah, Ascam was the company. I know, an amazing name. <laughs> they made Fargo and DeSoto, and so they had <clears throat> both of those trademarks. Oh my god, dude. And if, if you actually look, they had, uh, they'd use the Fargo name, like, pretty late and it actually looks like they still are do they still own it they might have purchased it yeah literally it's a tradesman dodge yeah. slash fargo tradesman oh so God. yeah in turkey they still make fargos apparently because huh. they now have a semi-truck called a fargo so i guess it was wrong that i guess ask them when they reformed yeah ask them inlet has no technical or business connection to chrysler anymore and they make that truck huh that's hilarious. So they can still use the name Fargo, but no <laughs> actual like Dodge parts. It, yeah, exactly. Incredible. What is what's this model? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't think that's the truck. That looks like Fargo the tank engine. Yeah, it's exactly what that looks like. I don't know what's going on. I'm um, a little scared. But yeah, no, Fargo made some like really cool stuff. Like they made the trans van, the tradesman, the transit van. They made a bunch of cool box trucks. They had, so yeah, Fargo's kind of a cool company, I think. So, so was that Canadian or Turkish then? They are Canadian. The Turkish thing was just a hilarious, like, it, it, a, of course it happens to Chrysler. That is the most Chrysler story I've ever heard in my life. Like, is did, a trademark you, uh... lapsed and Chrysler didn't think about it and they tried to enforce it. And then they're, then Turkey's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> like, like, we got the documents with all the we parts. We own this, yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. Well, I think the story's better on the Canadian... Although, like, the the good part of the story came from the Turkey era. Well, even the Canadian version is great. Like, well, the vehicle, I, sure. I, I think, I, I genuinely love the Fargo company. I will one day own a Fargo. Like, yeah. absolutely. I fully intend on, 
like one of my Back to the Fifties vehicles will be a Fargo truck. The okay, that's fair. I, like one of these with a six BT in it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, or like what I was thinking is they made like just normal pickups like in the fifties. Yeah. So I'd want to get one of those low, one of those normal pickups and like lower it, put in like a max wedge or something. Not a trophy four. No, because that's a GM. But a max wedge is a very wacky little pint roof. Basically, in the 60s... Wasn't that like the hottest slant six you could buy? No, the max, <clears throat> wedge, the max wedge was um, a 426 cubic oh, was inch. was it the twin carby? Yeah. yeah. yeah where that, they had that constant was, vapor lock issues because yeah. the carbs were right over the exhaust manifolds? Exactly. And you could, put, you could get those carbs on the max wedge. So that would be very cool. So I think a Mac. Okay. I'd, I'd want to do a Max Wedge into a Fargo truck. That'd be like the perfect Mopar build for me. Max so. Wedge Fargo. That's got a great name. Yeah, that's a really cool truck. A good name. So, what do you think? Uh, a brand that made literally just a single Le Mans car into a road car, or the dumbest truck store you've ever heard in your life from Chrysler? Let's go with the Wish.com Dodge. Wish.com Dodge. All right. So sorry, Gilet, for the second. Uh, <laughs> Time in a row, you have lost because you haven't made anything, really. <laughs> it's the same answer. We were bored the first time, we're still bored. Yeah, make more shit. You're, Seriously. You have the ability to be very cool. All right. Ironically, we credited a company that didn't make new shit ever. Ever. No, but they were hilarious about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be, be entertaining. Go steal somebody's lapsed trademark and sell that car in their market yes. with that name. <laughs> That's like, what you do. Is this a Ford Tempo? Like, <laughs> Well, uh, the name was available. Sorry. It says right here. <laughs> yeah. We legally make the Ford Tempo now. <laughs> it's a, a gilet. So. I'm, I'm sorry that you called your car the Ford Ford Tempo. <laughs> and now we can make the gilet Ford Tempo because you put your name into the car and then you let the trademark lapse. <laughs> this isn't a Ford Ford Tempo. It's, it's a gilet Ford Tempo. That's a gilet Ford Tempo. What are you talking about? Um, oh all right. God. So the next one is going to be, oh, man. The Moroccan-made Dacia Sandero. Oh, yeah. Versus the Remace. Uh, I like them both. Although, now that Remace is part of um, Bugatti. Bugatti? Yeah. No, it's not Volkswagen anymore. Bugatti got spun off. And Remace is owned by Bugatti. Uh, I don't know if it's the other way around. I think Remace bought Bugatti. No, nobody. Remace, does, they haven't made anything. Well, yeah. But look, they somehow have all that shit under their roof already for... They're, I mean, they, they're such a vertically integrated company. They build everything. I guess so the, I don't know how I, they got the financing the, for it. The Dacia mm. is not as barely a, its own thing. All right, so which one? Uh, the the, oh, the Moroccan wow. the Moroccan production Dacia Sandero or Remace? I don't want to pick this one. I don't want to. You know what I'm going to say. I can't. Okay, I want to see the badge where it says right. Dacia of Morocco. Let's see, here. Let's see here if I can find this. Because the link, I think, is just the regular Sandero page. Moroccan becomes exclusive producer of new Dacia Sandero. That's incredible. Oh, my God, no. It's not even that. Are all Sanderos just made in Morocco? They're all Moroccan. So all Sandero production? Yes, is Moroccan. Sorry, all all production of the Sandero is in Morocco now. It's no longer made in Romania. It's entirely Moroccan. That's what it is. I'm sorry. Dacia Sandero. It beats the... It is a... Fine. Yeah. Great news. The Dacia Sandero wins. Anyway. 
Also, Romania. Romania's not on here, and they would win anyway because they're all vampires. I really do like the Romanes, but like the Bugatti kind of black eyes it a little bit. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of modern Bugatti. And maybe that's changing now with new ownership, but... And apparently it's a wildly profitable venture. I scrolled past that in one of the articles today. I didn't click on it. I'm but... glad that it's profitable yeah, great. for them. Cool. Mm. All right, so we're going to move on to Group G. Group G is oh, fascinating. Yeah. This is going to be a very fascinating one. Uh, also, Switzerland, I think, pretty much has it in the bag. <laughs> we'll talk about it. <laughs> oh, I clipped real bad there. Um, all right, so we're going to go with Brazil. Because Brazil has a incredible domestic car history. And so does Serbia. Um, oh so we start with Brazil. Brazil has the Chevrolet Opala. That looks... Okay, it's got like the... Wow. It's really cool looking, right? Yeah, it's got the front of a... Um, like a Holden and like... I was going to say there's a Chevy. It, it's it's a, it's basically a tiny muscle car. Yeah. Four-door, though. Yeah, they only came with inline sixes. The four-door take rate was through the roof. You could get performance versions on the four-door. Yeah, it does look like an Impala. Like a baby Impala. Yeah, I love the name Opala. Just, Is so that an Impala? No, it's no, an it's Opala. Opala. Oh, yeah, no. In Brazil, <laughs> if you say Impala, like, they were furious when the um, Impala came to Brazil because they thought it was a ripoff of the Opala. Because the Opala is, like... That's their national car. It's an Opal Record in, like, a Chevy put together into, like, the best of both worlds. This is just, like, our first mashup of last episode. It's, so, like, it's an Isuzu and a, a yeah, Chevy. Exactly. And so it, the Opala had the 250 cubic inch Thriftmaster in line six, which is, like, the stove vault that has the greatest sound in the world if you put a split exhaust on it. You know, where it sounds like it's a super angry, like, Harley-Davidson motorboat. Oh, God. Uh, they, I, I know we played a yeah. sound clip once. And so they raced these in, um, they, they actually raced these like in like a domestic Brazilian touring car racing series, and they did really well. Um, I like that it's small. Yeah, they're really small. Like inline six is like the big engine. Uh, it was 24 hours of Interlagos that they had. Hmm. Um, and they actually have a soundbite of an Opala SS here. Let me see if it'll play. That sounds cool. That rev's pretty high. That that is a overhead <clears throat> valve inline six. That sounds really good for overhead like valve. Twenty inline pounds six. of valve train mass. Pretty much, <clears throat> yeah, it's insane. But yeah, the two fifty S Opala was actually really quick. It kicked ass at um, twenty four hours at Interlagos. It beat the shit out of the Ford Maverick. Um, even though the Ford Maverick uh, had almost a whole liter of more engine to it. I really like this Opala SS, because it's just like a middle finger to gigantic American cars, yeah. but it is literally just a Q5 to a Q7. Yeah. It's no. just a photocopier car. Exactly. Uh, the Opala... So, all right, the normal, like, 4.1 liter engines made, like, 140 horsepower. The oh, 250S you could buy from, like, that one I just played. Mm-hmm. You could get all that stuff, like, from the factory. <laughs> like, you could just... They were all, like, dealer optional bolt-ons. And you could make a 195 horsepower overhead valve inline six, like, Thriftmaster inline six. I'm surprised that that platform can handle that NA. Yeah, well, they switched to... When they did the Thriftmaster from the stove bolt, they switched to a seven main bearing. 
Okay, good. Yeah, that's why you can have this insane amount of power. Well, that makes more the sense moon. then. Okay, as long as they handled the valve train, it's probably all right. Oh, yeah, no, they were actually like reliable and good. Um, the transmission options were fantastic. Uh, you had a three-speed manual column shift, a four-speed manual floor shift, a five-speed manual floor shift, a uh, three-speed or a four-speed automatic, and they made them until 1988. What was the first year? Uh, first year was 70... 1968. Oh, my Oh, sorry, God. they made until 1992. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Okay, so everything in South America is just made forever. I'm just, I like the idea that I was born in a year in which you could get a, basically a 1968 tiny muscle car, brand new, yep. from the factory, without hotted up inline six and a five speed. Hotted up inline six from like the 50s. Yeah, uh, no, the seven speed, the, the, they, re, they, they warmed it over for this car, actually. The well, like or the... they, it wasn't this car, it was like they warmed it over like 64 or something. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Because I knew, like, the, the first, like, pressurized oil system stove bolt 6 was in, like, the 30s, but yep. I didn't know how long it took for them to get into the 7-bearing versions. And so they made a bunch of other variants mm. of this car, because um, Brazil has this weird, ingrown, like, inbred car community where they had, like, the Santa Matilde, the Puma GTB, the Farah XK, which is, like, a Jaguar XK replica. <laughs> um, those were all based off of the Opala. <clears throat> the and, Ford Ford Tempo? Yeah. And then they had the, um, there's also a police version. There was a pillarless hardtop that they made in the late 80s. Like, so they really kept that tooling working for them. Yeah, I like the idea of a pillar, pillarless hardtop sedan. That's freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Commodoros and stuff. And they had the Diplomato, which was like a luxury version. This is a cool car. Oh, Paul is an objectively cool car. Uh, and then in... Serbia, you had the Zastava. Oh, yeah, yes. the Yugo GVX. So I chose the GVX because that's the warmest one. <clears throat> that's someone that had 8.8 to 1 oh, yeah. uh, compression. Mm. Yeah. Ah. Apparently, I've had multiple friends have all purchased Yugos in the, since we've last done this, and they've all said they are just as shitty as everybody says. I believe that. And that, like... It is literally you take the Fiat parts to make them more reliable. It doesn't make them reliable. It makes them into an 80s Fiat, which Do... is not reliable. Oh, <laughs> Can you d- put Lada parts on it? to like? No, okay. it's not a Lada. It's a different <clears throat> thing. Well, I understand that, but like... No, that's the thing. It's like... That changed just enough where it doesn't... You, no, you, there's no... Because <clears throat> you, you, like, the Ladas were real drive. The Ladas were all based off 60s Fiats. These oh, are God. 80s Fiats. Oh, no. These are particularly cursed. Um, um, do any of your friends still own their Yugos? One does. I and feel it, like these it, all have like 50 owners now. Yeah, because one part breaks, go, what the fuck? And then <laughs> you're like, how is this possibly a problem? The Yugo forums, if they did the Porsche Club of America thing where you have to provide a VIN, it would block you from joining. Yeah. Because that car is already registered with eight other accounts. Exactly. Yeah. It's just <laughs> insane. Um, so, yeah, the GVX, it came with some Tupperware on it and the alloy wheels. Uh, sunroof. And slightly more compression. Slightly more compression. Pop-out rear windows. They're cool. Like, I do genuinely like them. Like, it, it, the thing is, like... Didn't we find one of these for sale, like, relatively locally last time we did yes, this? Yes, we did. And it was pretty cheap? That was, that was one that I eventually ended up with one of my friends. Ah. It was not a uh, running, driving, functional vehicle okay. for very long. So we, we lucked it, up by it, yeah. not doing anything with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were kind of cool. Like, I mean, 
They came with a little tachometer. It was like stuck onto the steering column, like oh. literally stuck on the steering column. They had racing stripes in the seats, which are cool. Uh, the seats were still the exact same, very, very, very cheap Soviet seats. Uh, 1.3 engine. Uh, so the GVX, yes. the normal engine was a 1.1 carbureted engine, oh. which it's bad. But if you're telling me that Yugo made it, I will take the carbureted version over a fuel injection well, version. Oh, God, yeah. Because who did they source the fuel parts from? I don't know. <laughs> How many backwards R's and E's yeah. with three lines through it are yeah. in that? Uh, and so the GVX received a 1.3 liter <laughs> engine, uh, eight to one, com- eight point eight to one compression ratio. Was it still a carbon though? Fuel injection, oh, electronic no. fuel injection. Oh, man. So uh, I want to know who made the EFI system for it before I really critique it too much. Because if right. it's like, if it's Bosch D Jet or something, fine. But you know it's not. It's not. It's gonna be Magnetti Morelli. It's be it's be a knockdown that oh, Joseph God. Tito personally made, based off Magnetti Morelli. Joseph Tito didn't know anything about electronics, oh. so he was just going off what the pictures looked like. You know, I love Joseph Tito. He's a great person, but uh... <laughs> it is Motronic. Yeah, uh, you, no backwards R's or backwards N's. Uh, no, the C, there's a C, not a K. However, there's not an accent mark over the. Normally, where it says Yugo, yeah, um, there's a Bosch sticker there, and it does have a Bosch like part number on it, but. Oh my god, and it's speed density. It's got a vacuum line hookup to it. Hmm. This is fascinating. It's $900. Wow. You know it's not reliable as a part when the only one you can find is $900. Okay, so it was Bosch Motronic, probably 1.0, but yeah, don't buy one of these. Yeah, so we were going to handily give this to the The mini Chevy, The Chevy Opala. Yeah. I also love the name Opala. It's like Opal and Impala. I just like it because that is we're oh, open. Oh. <laughs> so that's one of the things I say. All right, Serbia, you lost as much as I love the Yugo, and all of my friends have told me that they're bad. Why uh, Brazil won? Oh, Yay. I thought this said. Okay, I'm dumb. Huh. I thought high speed said high school. I'm nope. like, why is this a link to a school? So the the next uh, the next match is going to be Switzerland versus Cameroon. I can't believe the Swiss made any car. They made several. They hate cars. I know, but recently they hate cars. Well, okay. For a long time, they were very into cars. That's... Now, a lot of Swiss bankers pissed off Enzo Ferrari, and vice versa. Huh. I guess I didn't know and that so history. If you think about it, think of, because well, you have Iso Grifo, you have Monteverdi, there's a bunch of brands. Mega? Mega. Uh, <laughs> And this is a bunch of Swiss brands. We've actually talked about this particular car on the show before, but yeah, I didn't know Iso was from there. I think Iso was. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. But yeah, Monteverdi is like definitely the coolest one that they had. Um, and it's literally called the High Speed, Yeah. even though I thought it was high school. So the Monteverdi High Speed, they also had a Monteverdi Palm Beach. The names are incredible. The dude was really... Typical Swiss engine or, uh, uh, creativity. Yeah. Uh, so the car was basically a competitor to a Ferrari. Uh, nice 70s GT car, late 60s through 70s GT car. Um, it came with a 7.2 liter Magnum 440 V8 or a 7 liter uh, V8, both of them from Chrysler. I mean, came with a three good. speed. Um, oh, a torque flight? Torque flight, yeah, but tor- a three speed torque flight or a five speed Donkey Wheel. 
Nice. Yeah. So okay, like, a 440 and a dongle? Like, this thing probably doesn't <laughs> suck. car would be really fucking fun. And then you get, like, the nice European, like, design of it. That's Does it a... have, like, Winnebago casting on its heads? <laughs> no, right? Because <laughs> all of those engines were sold to Winnebago. This is a lot of not running Winnebagos. <laughs> A lot of Winnebago's with Ferrari engines in them. All these were just rebodied Ferraris. <laughs> but no, they were, uh, it was Fissori. Uh, it, was, um, it was a fruid design uh, bodied oh by Fissori. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Like, did uh, Monteverdi, did they have like a great vacation model, which was an RV? God, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so going back to our last episode, we were talking about DKW. Uh, or no, it was that was DAF. Never mind. DKW. We, we have not talked about shit. I should have had the DKW three equals six be the car represented Germany. That would be a good one. I mean, we could revisit. No, I haven't not. even done the editing for. No, oh, it's, wait, I'm no. not going to do no, that. No, because the wagon RRR one. We went yeah. with that way. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the thing. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so uh, the Fisori also designed. DKW model, models and the Di Tommaso Valle Lungua? Lungua? Lunga? Valle Lunga? Is a Di Tommaso I've never heard of. Okay. Looks cool. The only one I had heard of before doing some research today for some show notes was the Pantera. So, I don't know. Di made. Um, <clears throat> I Di, know they made other shit. Di Tommaso is just one of the most fascinating countries. I still got to drive Blake's Pantera. I have no desire to drive a Pantera, though I want to drive the. Uh, Mangusta. Oh, yeah. Oh, which is the clamshell yeah. rear. I know what that yeah. is, yeah. Isn't that dr- based on an SN95? Like, I don't know. It just, it, it just seems like a suicide machine. Oh, I'm thinking of the Kvall Mangusta. That's different. Oh, no. The, the, yeah, no. The, there's... It wasn't the Mangusta. No, I think they had a model called the Mangusta they, as well. They, there was... No, because the Kvall was a De Tomaso Mangusta. I'm not thinking of the Mangusta. What am I thinking of? There was a 70s one that was a, it was bigger... Than a Pantera. Was it still like a... It was a GT version of a Pantera. It was really cool. It had, huh. it had a cool glass, like, sideways opening clamshell uh, engine cover. That sounds terrifying. It was very cool. Oh, God. Was it still mid-engine? Yeah. There was a GT car? Yeah. Four-seat? I think. Oh, man. I bet the proportions were all sorts of... No, they were fine. Oh, weird. They looked okay. really good. <laughs> like, imagine, like, a Lamborghini Urama, but, like, good. <laughs> with an engine that starts. Yeah, it was really cool. I'm noticing a kind of a pattern with all of these 60s European cars. Like, the ones you probably want are the ones that don't have Italian or European engines in them. Yeah, that's kind of how it works, isn't it's it? It's like the Yugo. Somehow they so, made Bosch fuel injection unreliable. I think that you'd enjoy knowing this. The high speed, they eventually made a sedan of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So basically, at that point, you've taken a American muscle car engine... Put it into a, 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 a Italian sports car, and then put it back into an Italian muscle car. Well, which an is Italian-bodied Swiss. Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, a, a high-speed 375.4 is um, just great. That's the only way I can it's describe a it. Fancy charger. You should scroll down to the bottom. Of, it's not all the way at the bottom. It's like right above literature. But if you scroll down, you'll see it. The very, it's the last car I think they have a photo of. Right there. Oh yeah! Oh my God! That's yeah, really good. It's like it's like it a. Looks like a four hundred i. It's um, like a four, C pillar. A four hundred i meets like a Maserati Quattroporte. Yeah. In like a good way. 
That is just... That looks like it was AI-generated. You know, that car is probably phenomenal to drive. It's probably the best driving experience. There's probably three left. They're all broken. No, they're they're just... They're fine. They have, like, Ford Granada headlights, and they're basically a Charger. Like, true. It's a Charger with independent suspension, good brakes. Like, that's a good vehicle. It's probably cheap, too. Yeah, it's probably really Nobody, for whatever stupid reason, nobody likes four-doors. Yeah, and also, Montemurri's are among the most affordable um, 70s supercars. So if you wanted to, like, if you want to get into, like, Ferrari Daytona ownership, but you can't afford one... Like you can get a like a for like a Detomaso or not Detomaso, God damn it, a Monteverdi high speed. So <laughs> the name of that Detomaso is still sticking yeah, with know, you, right? I can tell. Um, but yeah, they're very cool. I think De, um, ah! <laughs> Tell me more about Detomaso, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Monteverdi makes Jesus. very cool things. Monteverdi so, makes the best day, Tommaso. <laughs> I did some research on the nation of Cameroon, and theoretically, okay, oh, they make cars. God. This hmm. is all theoretical because I cannot get any firm. Like, I like the. the I cannot uh, get a for sure photo. These are all all the photos of these cars were taken at the same uh, Cameroon National Car Show. I just love the the masthead here. It starts with four. <laughs> not not confidence inspiring. Yeah, four in Chinese coming building, Central Africa's first auto plant. It's been a bumpy road. <laughs> just, the cars, are, they look terrible. These don't look good. These look like '90s Hyundai commercial products. Their logo is a very clear ripoff of the Acura logo. Yeah, but like it's been run through some smoothing filters on Photoshop. Yeah. If you scroll down, they have more of their display. See, the thing is, the only display was in 2017. And so you have a knockoff of a Jeep, and then you have a knockoff Toyota two knockoff Hiluxes, a knockoff crossover of sorts. Oh my god, that's the only other secondary photo. Yeah, that's, that's all I can tell you about it. But. Wow. Yeah. Uh, oof. All right. Theoretically, they have a they have a vehicle that is there. That's the thing. That's why I counted Cameroon. I, I could not give you a model, but no, they but they probably stapled some badges on they there. They physically made some vehicles, multiple. <laughs> At least one, two. They've made uh, four, three, four, which is more than Qatar has made. Yeah, true. <laughs> so that's got them. They've made four functioning vehicles. <laughs> I don't know if they're safe. I wouldn't want to drive them. I have no faith in them. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's four functioning vehicles or Monteverdi going to take this one? I think it's going to be a hands-down. Good job, Monteverdi. <laughs> okay, all right. Hands-down. All right, Swiss-Italian RV manufacturer, car people, congratulations on your Cameroon, put, put a 440 into one of your weird little Chinese vans. Yeah, license. They, I bet... Chrysler's not even paying attention to the trademark on the 440. Go snag it. Yeah, just go snag. <laughs> Call it the Fardo. <clears throat> make, yeah, make, make a, just like have a Chrysler Air Flight and just sell it solely in Cameroon. It'd be great. <laughs> so Okay, that's tremendous. Um, I love all of that. Very similar to BTV Amigo. Okay. Uh, Portugal had another. Like, basically, what is the most simple vehicle we could make? And then it, I think it actually came from the UTV. Oh, because yeah. Because it's called the UMM, Unido Metallo Mechanica Essay. 
They were founded in 1977. It's definitely another organ Apparently, they're still existing, from what I can tell. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, It's 4 by 4 Whoa. Yeah, they're kind of cool. But this is, like, one of my favorite things is when we... What's I love about the World Cup of Cars is I have to get into, like, some of these weird countries that don't think make cars after i do digging to see if they in fact do make cars and i find some weird shit the internet tends <laughs> to spill pretty quick yeah i find some very weird shit so um this looks like a grumman llv mixes with a first gen defender it is called a um alter 2000 petrol 4x4 that, that is it the is name. a land rover defender like definitely a land rover troopy like, rear end. This, like it, it is axles... totally a santana rear end Hundred uh, percent Land Rover axles. Yeah, but the um, so let's see here. It was a prototype originally created by a French engineering firm called Simi, uh, and it was originally called a Cornille, and then somehow found its way here. Um, okay, yeah. So the building rights were acquired in the nineteen seventies by UMM, and so it's Hotchkiss Jeep parts with a Ferguson diesel tractor driven mechanicals. Wow, that's incredible. Um, oh, it's just a UMM Alter. So apparently the after that, then they gave you the number of CCs it was, then they gave you the fuel type, and then the drive type. So <clears throat> apparently these have a racing pedigree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am seeing the same image as you are, and I, I don't know if they I They became known that. for their durability, especially when the Paris Dakar <laughs> Rally team was able to finish with all the cars that started. Okay, that's actually really That's impressive. very cool that it completed the Paris Dakar uh, uh, rally. That's super rad. Um, they're still in use by utilities in Spain, Portugal, Ca- uh, Cape Verde. Oh, the National Army of Cape Verde uses them. There you go. Uh, the France, or the France, France uses them. The ah, Portuguese, yes. the France. Je- Portuguese uh, gendarmerie uses it, um, which, it, like, the National Guard basically uses Gendarme them. Gendarme is young men. Yeah, and then uh, the fire service and military use them. So basically, if you go to war with Portugal, these show up. Um, uh, pro tip, other team, these are not bullet resistant. Also, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo uses these in their nice. military. So there you go. They're still using them by the militaries. By How many several owners countries. are on title? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, here we go. The most famous um is probably the one that transported... Pope John Paul II. Hey, it's a Pope mobile of one. I didn't see the Pope mobile photo. Well, apparently there's no photo, but he, there was a Pope mobile of one. There should be at the Vatican a garage, like a Peterson Pope mobile exhibit. I would go like, back to Italy just to see that. I would absolutely love to see the Pope mobile exhibit. Like, that'd be so cool. I um, agree, because, like, they're fascinating. So apparently in 2000, in year 2000, they had an update announced where they were going to start using a 2.1 liter turbo diesel. I think uh, it went to a 2.5. Yeah, a, a later. It, got, it then received a GPS and air conditioning, and it was priced Whoa. below a Land Rover Defender. Okay. Good but going, there was um. no capital to invest in it. Okay. <laughs> so oh. they just ran out of money. And then they just used somebody else's 2.5 liter diesel and then didn't put AC in it or GPS? Yes. Okay. So. As I was going to say, there's definitely a 2.5 liter diesel. They still have a website. Diesel. All right. Wait a minute. Do they have a website? <clears throat> uh, they have a functioning website, so they're still around. All right. All right. So um, we're going to do an um versus Ghana has their own brand. Now, is this a knockdown of a pilot 
or a Pathfinder or an Escalade. I have no idea. <laughs> it's called Katanka Automobile, which is from Ghana. And uh, credit where it's due, I am totally rooting for Ghana and Senegal um, in the World mm-hmm. Cup because both of them have advanced. If you can see in the background here. a bunch here, of cars. Whoa. From the okay. A-pillar back, this looks like a GMT 800. And from the A-pillar forward, it seriously looks like Which Which one is this? Is this, uh, the... this is the Katana Otumfu Otumfo SUV, but like it looks like it has GMT eight hundred door Ona, handles. Oh, oh, the Onan Onantifo. O T U M F O. It looks Otumfo. like it is a. It's based off a of Fode Explore Six. Oh my god! I love how it has like the Texas so Pride the... star as its logo, and the, the headlights are straight out of two thousand three eBay. The Fode Explorer 6. All right, it's powered... I have to go to the Chinese uh, Fode Explorer 6. Ooh, okay. This gets good. <laughs> I'm, I'm all ears. 120 horsepower, 2 liter petrol engine of... Unknown origin, okay. Yep, made in China. Um, you can get a JMC-sourced... Mm, this is a word soup, or a alpha, alphanumerical soup. And JMC-sourced... JX four ninety C four ninety three QZ three um, diesel engine ah. with ninety two horsepower you could get as well. Nice. Um, this is also available in China. Is the Golden Dragon Rito V three? I see they're not taking any spare days off with their naming. But this is where it gets good. Are you ready for this part? Yes. Transmission options. Oh no. Five speed manual. Hell yeah. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's it. Okay, well, that's my Okay, then. it's a <clears throat> five-seed manual only. It's a Katanka... Otumfo. Oh, no. Otumfo. No, what is the... Katanka... Nick... Nick... N-K-U-N-I-M-D-I-E. I'm not cultured enough to even make an attempt. These are very cool. Okay. So, apparently, Katanka... Is a very rad company. So Katanka is the Zastava of Ghana. Because Katanka also makes... I guarantee that is the first time that sentence has ever been uttered. They make, in they make these vehicles. They make tanks, helicopters, missiles, uh, machine guns, 50 millimeter and 30 millimeter. Holy hell. It's not a big-ass gun. <laughs> so they just make these to go between like sheds of armaments? I guess. And then they sell them to the public because fun time? Yes. <clears throat> All right. Control T. Katanka Glitz. G-L-I-T-Z Walker. This is a real thing they make. I did not know that was, this was Katanka. They, that is a functioning wa- military walker that they make. Is that a mech? Yes. They make that. Oh, yes! This is the Ghana Special Forces! Oh, these guys win! <laughs> I love the Ghana Special Forces. This is literally a military parade in Ghana. A real-life military parade. <laughs> I love this! I don't know anyone actually made mechs. <laughs> they make an actual mech. It's a single crew walking tank. I love that. <laughs> All right. I think Katanka is a brand. It's a manual-only SUV, military, <laughs> military-grade SUV by a brand that also makes mechs. <laughs> I'm excited to try out this unknown origin 
two liter petrol. <laughs> I know. Right? In like a seven thousand pound American style SUV. Zero to sixty and never reliable, oh kind of. I think I would get the diesel. Yeah, I think I would too. Alright, so the <clears throat> final this is our last pairing. Wow. This is our, our final pairing is gonna be Uruguay versus South Korea. And Uruguay, this is a returning car, because this car actually did quite well on our last um, World Cup of Cars. Yeah, and this one I remember. Up against. Uh. The car from Uruguay is called the EFA Ideal. <laughs> yep. It's ideal. It, uh, that is, yep, that is the name. Look at the panel gaps on this bad boy. Although, not a brand new car, so who knows how many times it's hit something. Bertone designed. Oh, look at that cute little one in green. I know, yeah, and it's designed by Bertone. Oh my god. Yeah, that's really good. It looks like a first-gen Picasso. It's really cute. <clears throat> so they're made, obviously they're a knockdown kit of a Chang'e ideal. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, sorry, they're a knockdown of a knockdown, because they're a knockdown of the Chang'e ideal. <laughs> Which I'm noticing is, a pattern with our uh, yes. <clears throat> small country automakers. There's also one made in Italy <laughs> called a Martin Motors Ideal 1000, which I think is hilarious that there's an Italian version of this. Did you just say Italian? Italian, yep. Because uh, it has a 1.1 liter gas engine, anti-lock brakes, which I'm sure are great. <laughs> is it the 1.1 from the Yugo? <laughs> no, it's a... Oh, no. DA465Q... Dash two backslash D one. So it's a Chinese made and produced yes. engine. Okay. Yes. Five speed manual only. Nice. Uh, and they only have one transmission. Oh, wait a minute. I have seen these. I've seen one of these in real life. What? Where? I almost bought one in Back to the Fifties. A Chang'e Ideal. Yes, it was called. It was imported to Is America as a nice ZE dash zero in two thousand eight. Is a low production EV. I remember I saw one. I nice almost bought it. E dash zero. I almost bought one at Back to the Fifties. It was before I was very broke. Wow. And um, I would the guy wouldn't uh, he wouldn't haggle down to what I was willing to pay for it. He wanted three grand for it. Nice Z E what zero one Z E dash zero. I'm googling this. Oh my god! I almost bought Why one. Why was it at Back to the Fifties? It was at the it was at the swap meet. That is legitimately the same vehicle. Okay. Yep. Sorry, that's my three o'clock alarm. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, um, Ryan and seven or eight alarms minimum mm-hmm. a day. But, yeah, no, that's actually a very cool car. I've almost purchased this. So, uh, ooh, I really like this. Uh, so yeah, well, yeah, but look what it's up against. And then it is up against the Hyundai Pony. Which is good. Mm-hmm. Both these are Breton designed. Oh, man. Hey. Both of these are economy mm-hmm. cars. Both of these have manual transmissions. Both of them have electric current day counterparts. The yeah, the uh, first generation <clears throat> pony came with a various Mitsubishi 1.2 to 1.6 liter <laughs> engine line various force. four cylinder. Yeah, uh, transmission you could get with an automatic, which is Ooh. badly. Uh, 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 you could get a four speed manual, which is well, one less than a five speed. Dongle's good, but uh, then you could get the front. Oh, but you could get this with an estate body. You could also get the second generation, which is still rear wheel drive. Uh, same engines, same drivetrain. Uh, uh, ooh, a, there's the EV. A the, the, the 2021 Hyundai Pony Heritage EV. Yeah, we did a story on yeah, that. Yeah, did that. I really like that. Damn it. I know. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, okay, but see, if we have to start picking nits, the first thing you said, this was offered with an auto. 
Oh, the one does not have an Correct. Auto no automatics. They're, they're both Bertone designed. So we're not really... But yeah. this is rear-wheel drive. <clears throat> Another one's front-wheel drive. Ooh. The other one is lighter, though. Uh, yeah, but this one comes as a wagon. Although the other one's a hatch. So those are both really good. How much does a Chinghi ideal weigh? <laughs> That's something I do not keep on the top of my head, unfortunately. I will try to be better in the future, but... Chang-He ideal. I, I could, I, you know, the, the ZE-0 is my recent. 2,000 pounds. So, damn, they're really close in weight, too. Oh, oh man. man. Which one would I like more, a Chang-He ideal or a Hyundai <laughs> Pony? I do like the, the, the blocky design. Oh, oh here, okay. Uh, what, curi- what's the length of a Hyundai Pony? That might not fit in your driveway. Whereas a Chang-He ideal. Oh, it's ideal. 100, 140 inches, which is oh, that almost will fit. exactly to Fiat 500. Wow, ponies are tiny. Um, ah, shit. wow. Uh, but this is the thing: is the chain he has, I, what I'm sure are the worst anti-lock brakes I've ever felt in my life. They yeah. have to be terrible. And it has airbags, which are actually just 12 gauge shotgun shells with a pillow in front of them. Yeah, I'm sure. Like Cheng he is just like a DBA as Takata. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, uh, I don't know. <sighs> this is so difficult. Let's see if we can find some other thing I, to th- differentiate. This, this is something where I've. I, if I found a honey pony, I would have the same thing where I've all, I can, the thing is I can say I've almost purchased a chain. He ideal or a F ideal. A nice zero. The second gen I, pony I doesn't do second, it for me as much as the first gen. I think the pony is objectively better looking. I have to go by aesthetics at this point, I think. Well, I mean, it's a much more eighties vibe. Yeah. I mean, they're effectively the same thing. I really like the, Was the rear... pony sold in green. I assume it was. Sure it was, yeah. Okay, good. Um, this is the thing, is I really like the rear three-quarter of the Chang'e Ideal. I think it's got, or the F Ideal, I'm sorry. Um, I think the rear three-quarter is a really good look. I've got a thing for rear three-quarters because I park in. Booty shots. I park facing in. And, yeah, oh, that, that's a really good rear three-quarter. Oh, I, I don't like that rear And it's got the Hoffmeister key <clears throat> thing going oh, yeah. on there. And it's a four-door, which is good. But I don't know. We got five speeds in front wheel drive, and we got four speeds in or automatic and rear wheel drive. I might go with the Hyundai. I think. Okay. Because now that I'm thinking about the it, choice is not ideal. My yeah, no, it's not ideal. This is my reasoning: is uh, similar to the Fiat Polski, the Hyundai had more of a tangible effect on the cultural zeitgeist of their car culture. And the newest gen pony, which doesn't technically exist, is super rad. Yeah, so I, I think, yeah, the, the Hyundai Pony. Because the Hyundai Pony set up something great. A lot of trash, but something great as well. So there you go. We're out of group stage. Yay! So what I will do is for the next time uh, we record, we will move on to uh, semifinals or quarterfinals. Semi. It's be quarterfinals and then semi- semifinals. Because we have, what, eight groups? Yeah. Yeah. We should have eight groups. Like Checks that. out. So yeah, we'll have quarterfinals and the, or quarters and then semis and then our finale. <laughs> semis. Yes. All right. Let's move on to some quick news here since yes. we have about eh, 10 minutes and we can wiggle around with. Do it up. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Me first. Me first. All right. You first. Okay. This was actually given to me one. by, <clears throat> I think he's a former patron, probably isn't anymore, but my coworker, other Ryan, He's like, I found this interesting. It's a Suzuki Cappuccino that somebody has somehow shoved an LSV8 and two turbos into. 
And I don't fully understand how that fits because that engine bay was kind of cramped with a three-cylinder inline. Um, they uh, went vertically, it uh, appears. Yeah. so They the, really went vertically. The, you have to remove the engine to replace the struts. I, I think, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yes, because the, all of the exhaust manifolds are proud of where the hood should be. Most of the engine is as well. And granted, it's probably one of the most compact packaging V8s out there. I cannot believe that that sort of fits but i mean the, i i mean okay do it because it hasn't been done but like why a cappuccino like a car that is solely designed to have fun at 10 i'm just curious where the f6a went oh they're they're kind of all over because i want the f6a a lot of people import these and immediately engine swap I'm like why, why would you why? do that it's a great engine i know like there's that uh, a youtuber out in california evolving world he's really tough to listen to but he had a cappuccino, and he did a DIY EV conversion on one, and he took out the three-cylinder, and I was like, where did that go? Yeah. I, I just think things that like could do well with 120 horsepower. Put, put that in a Suburban. I want to see how that works. Oh, great. No, that actually would be More hilarious. interesting engine swap it'd than be, this. It'd be very funny to see that in a 80s Corvette. Oh, yeah. Because the 120 horsepower is very close. And it would sound really good, because those yeah. rev to 86, You'd have to use all the revs. Oh, yeah. Oh, starting off would be interesting. Rough. Yeah, you uh, need a, a pretty big flywheel, I think. Uh, but I, don't know, I think what I would actually put... I've seen things that would do very well with a small 120 horsepower engine. I think like Ford Anglias and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, like a, a Datsun 510 oh, a would be really Tonus. good. Oh, a Ford I'd put it into a Tonus. I don't even know what that is. Ooh, Google it. It's a weird car. I like them. I, I would like put Tonuses. that in my 2002. I would put it in an E21. A Tonus is just a weird-looking car. We'll get <clears> the one that you think I would like. The, probably the 50s one. Oh, that doesn't have the weird enough front end. They had one with an even weirder front end. Oh, man. Is, what, did it, T-A-U-N-U-S? Is it this one? Oh, no, it's the white one. Go back. Go yeah, back. I, I tried to copy that one. <gasps> right there. The this white one? one. The white one. Yeah, look at the weird front end. I just copied that one. It didn't work. Well, just click on it. Oh, there we go. Four it, pixels. That's a weird front end. Yes, it is. That yeah. looks... Oh, shoot. What car had a front end just like that? Yeah, I would do a Ford Taunus. <clears throat> that's so strange looking. That's a strange answer, but... That's what I would put. You know, that's a better topic. What legacy front-engine rear-wheel drive vehicle platform that came with probably a shit engine would you put a Suzuki three-cylinder right turbocharged twin-cam engine into? I think a Ford Taunus would be perfect. I would put it in a BMW E21. There we go. An E21 and a Taunus would be two great vehicles. And we can race them together and make <laughs> no difference so in the world. All right, um, I'm going to rename my topic because it would be way better. with What would you put the... Yes. Um... So, while you're renaming your topic that we just talked about, <laughs> <laughs> after the fact, yep. you know how Vietnam is like literally my favorite country in the world? Uh, yeah. yeah, and me too, because of the damn riverboat racing. But now I can get a Vietnamese car in oh, the no. U.S. in 2023, theoretically. It's called the VinFast VF8. What, does it have a V8 in it? No, it doesn't. Uh, oh, and nope. it's a crossover. Yep. You're right. Is it actually Vietnamese? Yes. Okay. It's what, entirely Vietnamese made. What makes it... Good, other than where it came from. It is a two-row, five-seater uh, EV. Oh, oh that's good. Uh, it has a heat pump, I believe. Oh, it better. Wouldn't I buy think, I think that's... That. I don't see it on here, but I remember I think they said that on Deutsche Welle. I watched the German Top Gear thing called Rev on Deutsche Welle. It's on, on Tuesdays at about noon. Okay. Uh, I watch it when I... It's exactly when I'm taking notes on cars. 
So I, I watch the news. So I'm taking notes. So you're learning things. Yeah, I learn things. It has either 348 horsepower or um, 402 horsepower. Damn. Yeah, uh, it's got a range of 292 miles. That's uh, actually pretty impressive. This is cool. They have a battery leasing option. Makes your payments way cheaper. I have no idea how the hell it works, but it makes your cha- your payments like super affordable. Leasing the batteries. So. If you fall behind on your lease payments, do they come take the battery pack out of your car then? I don't know. Oh, it's like, I guess it's a battery, it's called a battery subscription. Is it like the thing we talked about last episode where the... the, It's like a $35 a month fee for... Like the motorcycle with the gas stations where they swap out the packs? Okay. I don't know. But that was just because of like charging and power grid concerns. Like Vietnam has a decent power grid. I don't know, but this is the thing. Check this out. Pricing. For a two-row, five-seat... SUV, EV. With good range. With good range, starting at $43,000. That's pretty, that's pretty good. That's like ID4 base and price. it's like not, And not a Volkswagen. It's not shit quality either. Like, no, it looks good. It I looks, mean, well, it looks good for a CUV. Yeah, no, it looks really good. The interior looks nice. The highest, the plus enhanced... Um, oh, my God. I know. It, sorry, it's called the plus enhanced range. Can we have every other country in the entire world to start naming our shit for us? It's because incredible. it would be so much better than, like, I like this. Lincoln. Yeah. No, this is great. Don't give me an MKZ. The, give me a great standard high boy visibility. Fully, fully loaded. It's 53.3. Unfortunately, we probably can't take advantage of uh, tax credits because it's not domestically made. But still, that's at way better value than a Model Y. Yeah, it's all-wheel drive with two electric motors. Can you get just the two-wheel drive one? Or are they all all-wheel drive? Just all, the smaller I think output. they're all just all-wheel drive. But ah, Well, they're going with what sells. They're really good. I like it. I want one. I objectively want this. They have another model. I don't know what this bigger one is. They have a bigger oh, one. It's a VF9. 36. Yeah. <clears throat> it's called a VF9, I think. VFE36. Oh, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. That's got a cursed name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was. The, it is actually the VF9. Yeah, it's a three-row. The okay. VF9 is a three-row okay. version of the same thing. I actually kind of like the profile on that one. I, oh, okay, cool. No, you will get the tax credit because they're Vietnamese, but they're made in a 2,000-acre factory in North Carolina. Oh, hell yeah. Are yeah. they a union factory? I don't care. Well, that, that makes they're, a well, difference they're, they're with Chinese. the credit. Or, sorry, they're, v- they're Vietnamese, so they're communists, so everything's a union. We're nationally so, a union. Perfect. This will be a $32,000 brand new vehicle. You know vehicle. how I love communist vehicles? I can get a communist new vehicle. If I'm going to get an EV, if I'm buying an EV, like, I think... You have the weirdest but somehow still pretty good justifications for your weird <laughs> right? I'm like, I really can't find anything to, like, say back to that. No, I'm like, I, yeah, I, all right. I, then. I like communist vehicles. Like, there's, I've yet to find a communist vehicle that is objectively terrible. Like, the... The Yugo GV is really, really, really bad, but it's also a new car the price of a used car, so what What the fuck do you expect? <laughs> you get what you pay for. Yeah, you get what you pay for. Like, ch- communist vehicles are wonderful. <laughs> and, like, people couldn't people couldn't serve as actual Fiats at that time. Like, it wasn't just the Yugo's fault. I think a lot of those cars fell victim to, like, people not knowing how to maintain. They were appalling quality. I get it. Yeah. But, like, you could keep one going. Yeah, I mean, Yugos exist in, in like, former Yugoslavian countries. Former Yugoslavia. Yeah, like, former Yugoslavia still exist. So, um, I guess this is the thing, is the battery subscription is how um, you just kind of pay for a battery warranty. 
Okay. So okay. It's like thirty five bucks a month. So oh, okay. So it's like a cell phone payment plan. Exactly. But this, so is, on, is, it, this is on top of the car payment. It, they both go to Vinfast. So you would just to own them though. Well, this is the thing: unlimited mm. mileage on it while you have your payments for the vehicle. Okay. And that's how, so. If anything happens with that battery, it's kind of like you have like your copay for, or you have your payment for like your aftermarket warranty, that okay. is like looped into on top of your the price of your car. But at some you point, can buy you it with it? you can buy it without the payment plan. Yeah, I imagine it's a lease, but you can buy it without the payment plan, and then you just don't have a warranty on the battery, and it's just thirty five bucks a month cheaper. I feel like that's going to be a popular option. Yeah. To be a very popular option. It's <laughs> society on a, on a car. Like I can't <laughs> afford food, but I'm going to put payments on an iPhone 14 Plus Pro Max. So yeah, I mean, one they, terabyte for my Snapchat photos. So this is what I think is really dope about it: is you have a panoramic glass roof, leather upholstery, second row captain's chairs on the VF8. Like this is a cool. Like I want this. If I was going to get an appliance vehicle. That's it, right there. Why wouldn't you get the Fiat 500E? It's an appliance. That's technically an appliance. No, that's just a car I want. Oh, okay. But, like, if, like, so, like, let's say in five years, let's say Jan and I procreate, and I have a child on the mm-hmm. way, I would get that. That'd be my child-bearing car. Well, uh, they, you know, they'll probably be on the market. Yeah, because th- that's the thing, is, like, <clears throat> it is an SUV, yes. Are they planning sucks. to sell these in the States? That was made in North Carolina I for the U.S. market, that, yes. Tons of shit that's made here isn't sold here. Yes, they're very much still okay. coming here. Okay, yeah, they're Good. coming here. They're coming to <clears throat> Germany, like everywhere. And I would totally want that. Well, it's Vietnamese. Yeah, it's Vietnamese. So I, you could literally slap a Vietnamese like main Vietnam like sticker onto an Equinox, and there'd be part of me that wants to buy it because I love Vietnams that much. <laughs> so I just I want I want one of those riverboat things. Yeah. Those are Thai. Did I show you the TikTok that does just oh, those? Oh, I didn't realize it was Thai, but yes, yes, you did. Yeah, well, um, the Mekong Delta, so I guess I thought Thai, Vietnam, Cambodia. They, I, they must all do it then, because... That must be a thing. I, well, yeah, Sounds it's definitely a thing. Well, I mean, I guess we won the Fierce Mekong competition. Delta. I really want to see it IRL. Yeah, that'd be great. I, that, that's one of my goals for when I go to and the Mekong Delta. I want buying to yourself a Vietnamese vehicle will I get wonder, you one step I wonder closer. if they have a tourist like factory pickup. Oh, like a Vietnamese delivery? Yes! I would love Vietnamese delivery. That, how many dong extra is that? God, <laughs> millions of dong extra. It'd be like $5. Like, I would totally do a Vietnamese delivery on that. That'd be uh, so cool. I don't know if they would do it, because like, there isn't a direct port in Vietnam that would go straight to the U.S., I don't think. Well, no, because no, it's made here. Yeah. Ah. But you could do a tourist pickup where you get like an or similar. That's just like a... Well, Saab used to give you a, a vacation to, like, Trollhagen if you bought a car. That's what I mean. Like, you give a, a vacation to, like, Da Nang or something. Like, That'd buy a great. Vietnamese car, come see how Vietnam is. That would be perfect. Well, I, would t- I would buy the email car... Email them and tell them they need to put that in as an option. I would buy the car solely for that option. I believe you. But that would be so cool. I'm very into this. So, yeah, a VinFast uh, VF8, I think that's going to be my car of the year for next year. Oof, Okay. That's how much I like that. Well, right. because it is a affordable, good, well-optioned. When are EV... they going to be delivered first here? Apparently, twenty twenty-three. Okay, next year. All right. Well, that that's fine. It gives us room to give it to the Fiat five hundred E for twenty twenty-four. Yeah. Okay. So, the I think the Vinfast uh, VF eight. What I like about it is this is something that can totally be just a shit box appliance that sucks. 
and they're taking like a platform that's objectively not good, and they're making it as palatable as possible because there's like believe it or not, like it's very difficult to sell a wagon in the United States. Like, it's just a fact. That's why they should just make a wagon and then just add a bunch of height to the suspension and put cladding wonder, on it like they yeah, did for all the other ones. If this has like air suspension, just like lower it. Because I bet a, a VF8 would look real hot, Lord. Well, it's like the the EV6 and the like the I-Pace. Like those. This things, would look. This if would, you it, drop them two inches, they are wagons. It, it's basically a blocky Apache. <clears throat> yeah, I would. Yeah, it dropped out like three inches. Yeah, just put it on its nuts, and then it should be. That'd fine. be really cool. I bet that that probably is based off something that somebody makes a coil over for. And if it has air suspension, links. Done. There you go. Done. Yeah. So there you go. That's it. That that would be my very cool car that I found. I thought everybody would enjoy hearing about my new favorite vehicle. I'll check back in in January of 2023 to see if that makes our carbitrage car of the year. Yes, it might. There you go. It All just right. very well might. Okay. Well, we have lots to talk about. That's not. Uh, time sensitive so we, we will, will move shift a lot of that yeah this yeah. will all be next episode so thank you for listening everyone and enjoy my tangent about the vf8 bye guys <laughs>